Welcome to the Success Scenario. I'm your host, Dustin Abrego. On the Success Scenario, we meet and hear from current LCC students, people just like you who have faced challenges, why they chose LCC, and how they turn their situation into a successful one. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Student Success Scenario. I'm Dustin Abrego, and this week I'm joined by... Shalane Barker, how are you doing this morning? Good, good to hear from you again. Yeah. Um, you were one of our first guests, I believe, that yes, we had. Yes, this was last year, and Dustin and I enjoyed every moment of it. And I, I appreciate you letting me come back again this year. Yeah, yeah, Thank for sure. Thank you so much, yeah. I appreciate it. And I think, again, the purpose of this show is to talk with students, hear what they have to say, and then also... Mm-hmm what challenges and things that they've overcome. And you've said that yes, you've I, been through a lot in this last year. So like, where are you at since we last talked and whatnot? So like I told you before, you know, I did face some challenges. Like I said, unfortunately, I lost both my grandparents within four months of one mm. another this year. And um, despite the challenges I faced, you know, I managed to pull through, you know, like I said, I was here at LCC last year. I'm at Sienna Heights now, and I'm actually about to graduate this year with my degree in community human service and family concentration. And despite the challenges I face, you know, I managed to pull through because I pray a lot. Like I told you, you know, faith, power, and prayer goes a mighty long ways. And I learned that just because you face challenges, it doesn't mean that you can't keep going. Because mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't believe in making excuses. And hopefully the challenges I face, I wanted to inspire other people that you push through. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't let nothing take you down. Mm-hmm. Don't let nothing or no one bring you down. Mm-hmm. And the tools I learned from both my grandparents, I take those tools and I put it towards my everyday life. Mm-hmm. So like you graduated from LCC already mm-hmm. and you're at Siena Heights. So when did you graduate from LCC and like what was your degree or major in? So when I graduated from LCC, I, I actually had a couple of certificate of achievements and they were both in human services. Okay. When I graduate from Siena Heights, mm-hmm. I will have my bachelor's degree in community human service and family concentration. And, you know, I'm going to take some time off to kind of breathe a little. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's a lot. Yes. And then this time next year, I plan to go back to Siena Heights for the master's degree in, um, in counseling. Because like I told you previously, mm-hmm. I would love to be an advocate for kids, mm-hmm. infants to 18 years of age. Okay. Mm-hmm. So in the time that we've talked last, you went from no degree certificates possible to now two or more is what I'm <laughs> hearing. Much, yes. Okay. Okay. Uh-huh, yep. Okay. Sure enough. And like I said, you know, like I told you before, you know, I'm a single mother of one. Mm-hmm. I have a daughter. And as a matter of fact, she's graduated from college in the spring with her degree in psychology. Very proud of her. She's graduating from LCC or she's, she's graduated also from Hope College. From Hope College. Okay. It's an inspiration because yeah. as parents, you want to see your offsprings succeed mm-hmm. in life. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I and I listen to a lot of sermons because children, they go more by what they see sure. versus what you tell them. Sure. Like we talked about before, when you do right as a parent, right. your kids will do right. Right. Does she feel like you're stealing the limelight from her a little bit? Or is that like a good like mutual shared and you're just building each other up? You know, Dustin, sometimes she'd be teasing me with it. She'd say, Mommy, you just you just like attention. I'm like, no. <laughs> but you know what, though? I am proud of her because, like I said, when it comes to my, my daughter, I always put her needs first. Mm-hmm. As a mother, you make sacrifices. Mm-hmm. And I made sure that my baby had everything. She had love. She mm-hmm. had peace. She has happiness. Mm-hmm. 
when you have a child, it's about the child. It's no longer about the parent. Mm. You know, I don't feel like I'm taking the limelight and stuff like that. You know, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. And I even let my family know. I just said, you know what? I am fine if you don't come to my graduation. You uh-huh. go to her. Sure. Okay. That's great. Because I mean, that's a big commitment for yeah, family. Yeah, like, yeah, Hey, you, what are you doing for two days? And now you're with us. Yeah. Yeah. You, you go, you go see my daughter graduate mm. because it's really, really about her. Mm-hmm. Okay. Cool. She's the, um, I want to say the second great grandchild, second grandchild to graduate from college. Oh, wow. And that's a big deal. Yeah. So it's her spotlight. Sure. It's her time now. Okay. And I want her to keep going. I love that. So you talked about some of the challenges, like, so this is where you're going to be, which is super exciting, right? Mm -hmm. The end is here. But as we've talked before from the last Mm -hmm. time we talked to now, that wasn't like a, yep, snap your fingers here, everything's done, whatever. Like walk us through the different challenges because you said different timelines of like four months of losing grandparents and like not only how did you navigate that maybe yourself, right? But then also knowing that your daughter's in school as well. So it's like, you need to grieve and do that. But as you've also said, like being a parent and like, that's, you would get pulled in a lot of different directions with that. And I'm going to tell you something, Dustin, like we talked about before, you know, things are not easy. Like my other grandfather said, no one climbs a smooth mountain. Okay. (laughs) If if everything was so easy, like we talked about before, then where's the challenge? Where's the work? Mm -hmm. And yes, I was being pulled in a lot of directions and stuff like that. However, because I pray a lot, you mm-hmm. know, I, I study a lot of scriptures mm-hmm. and everything that I learn, I put it towards my everyday life with the help of God. Mm-hmm. Okay. And like I was telling you before, you know, I wanted this topic to be about family healing and peace. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I managed to find my peace through my faith. And hopefully this will inspire people because I, I get, you know, I understand losing that loved one. I, I, I get all that. And it does kind of put a damper in you. Yeah. And I know some people, they grieve a little bit differently. Sure. But as a believer, anything is possible. Mm-hmm. You will pull through. Mm-hmm. And then here you are today, a light at the tunnel. Mm-hmm. In the times where you maybe didn't feel that you were patient, because looking back, right, that's the message and the mantra that you've totally picked up from that. And that's yeah. stellar because Thank you chose you. to it to be an empowering event, even though out of sadness and grief and other things, right? Yes. But when you were in it, how was it for you, like pulling yourself out of bed and knowing you got to go to class? How did you know to dig into that? What was that pull for you that you were like, this is this is what I get. And it was awesome. I'm going to tell you something, Dustin. I meditate mm. and I exercise. Mm. And we're going to fast forward to, you know, remember I told you that I fractured my foot not too long ago. So right, right. So add that to the this, layer of the cake, everyone. All of the- <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> To be honest, I I, I mean, I I guess with me, I found ways to be creative because Mm -hmm. I learned if you just don't do anything, you you, kind of go crazy a little bit Mm. and and you you don't want that. You know, did you have the moments of crazy? No. Okay. What what I did. Because I do that sometimes. To be open and honest, when I try to do it, then, you know, I fall off the horse, slide down the mountain. And, and, and don't, don't get me wrong. I've right. cried. I sure have. I, I would I've, assume I, you I, would. I, yeah, I, I've <laughs> cried and. Mm-hmm. Wow. I don't know. I, I mean, I, I, I guess you don't realize the strength that you have until you're in the moment. Yeah. So how I pull through it. Sometimes I scare myself like I, I made it through all of that. Mm-hmm. And I never will forget. A neighbor told me one day he said that. It's a minor setback, 
but the Holy Spirit is getting you ready for a major comeback. Mm-hmm. I didn't think of it that way. You know, I yeah. thought I did something wrong or whatnot because that's the first reaction. You're like, what did I do? Yeah. Stacking all these things, realizing that, right. oh, it was like I did these things and then this is what's happening when yes. it's just the world occurring. And however, I learned that sometimes to me, it's like a test of faith. You go through these little storms hmm. just to see how strong you really are, mm-hmm. just to see if you're going to give up because some people do. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to see nobody doing that Mm -hmm. because remember when you quit, you're not going to win. Did I feel like quitting? Of course I did. Who who wouldn't? However, I prayed, I prayed, Mm -hmm. you know, I I kept reading this verse that trust in the Lord, you know, trust in the Lord, lean, lean on the Lord, not on your own understanding. I hope, I hope I'm saying this right, but faith, power, and prayer goes a long ways. And I hope, you know, with me talking others will feel empowered to do the same thing. Yeah. Do you think that when you had those moments of like, oh, I just want to like toss in a towel or in other things, did you feel that you couldn't and that's what, like your back was against the wall, you decided to like burn the boats, you're like, no, I I, I can't. There is no crossing the line of giving up. Was that like a moment for you or was that always your mindset with finishing the degree and doing those things? You know, I've always had that mindset. However, sometimes again, like most humans, I've had my moments. I'm like, you know what? Forget this. However, some just told me, no, keep going, mm-hmm. keep going. Mm-hmm. And now here I am. Yeah. Prayer works for you. But I always want to make sure that the message of this show is what has worked for you. And that's why we're talking about this narrative of your, mm-hmm. what is it about when you are doing pray or meditating or other things that you feel afterwards? Do you feel like that release or that you're able to actually process all the stuff? Cause I don't think you probably really got a moment to really process because it just had grandparent died. Yeah. I don't know when foot fractured within those things. And yeah. then other person passed away too. And you're mm-hmm. probably like, Oh my gosh. And having that time every day to reflect, um, is that time frame to be able to reflect? Is that so when, when, I, when I fractured my foot, I was off for six weeks. Oof. Okay. And I'm going to tell you, Dustin, the first couple of days, you know, my daughter was home with me. Mm. Okay. And I'm going to tell you, as a mother, <laughs> I didn't want my daughter to take care of me. Yeah. You know, I figure as a mother, I'm supposed to be there for her, not her take care of me. Sure. And, and, I, and I'm going to tell you, I felt so bad because... She was on her spring break when that, when all this stuff happened. Jeez. And, you know, eventually she had to go back to school. Mm-hmm. I was home by myself, you know, dealing with it. I cried a lot for the first week and a half. I did because yeah. I'm, I'm not used to just at a standstill like that. Mm. But looking back at everything, maybe there was a reason I had to sit back and relax Mm -hmm. because I was able to really dive into my schoolwork, Mm -hmm. did very well. Awesome. And even though I couldn't go for my walks, I had to find different ways on how to exercise. I had to sit in the chair to, you know, to to move. Yeah, that old person jazzercise. Love that. You you got to do what works. Okay. Yeah, I had to do what works. So I guess my creativity kind of kicked in and whatnot. Mm -hmm. I figured, you know what, either I could sit here and cry all day Mm -hmm. or I can do something. So mm-hmm. I decided to dive into my work, mm-hmm. you know, and just chill. Maybe I need to be still for a while. Right. 
And looking back at it, I'm glad I stood still for a while because maybe there's a reason for all that. Yeah. I don't question a lot of stuff. I just figure, you know what? Times are in your hands. Mm-hmm. You let me know what I can do. Yeah. Getting to that point of being able to accept the reality, I struggle with that openly. You know, I, of like I have. I do. Accepting reality to me, that was a challenge as well, too, you mm-hmm. know, because, you know, we're, we're human. We're not perfect. And I remember watching a sermon about always being on the go, 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 go. Sometimes that's not a good thing. Yep. (laughs) For an example, okay, I I plan my time here. I said I want to have at least 10 to 15 minutes to spare before I go do, you know, this scenario with Mm -hmm, mm you. And to be honest, ever since I've slowed down, things kind of mold itself together. Mm -hmm. When my daughter was younger, being a parent, you kind of had no other choice but to be on the go. Right. And it, it kind of just kept itself going mm-hmm. for a while or whatnot, mm-hmm. even after she graduated high school and the stuff like that. But I've learned that sometimes sitting back and relaxing that 10 to 15 minutes can make a world of difference. It can save you from something. Do you ever have feelings that you're missing out or not doing enough? Because when I have those, like, I should chill, like last week I was forced to chill. I got sick. You know, I'm like, I'm, I don't feel good. I'm just going to sleep or lay around and I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. But taking even that 10 to 15 minutes, if I feel fine, I'm like, well, I could do this other thing. Sometimes it's good to take a break from mm-hmm. things. Like I told you, after I graduate from college with my bachelor's, I am going to take a mental break. You need that time because burnout is real. Yeah, for sure. And I learned not to let burnout take me. Mm-hmm. I'll take it. So that's why you meditate, do yoga. Mm-hmm. If the number walking around the block for 20 minutes, even though it's cold outside, right. <laughs> sometimes that breath of fresh air can just mm-hmm. be so uplifting. Yeah. It's always funny because I see it in students and it's very easy when you see other people going through it and you're like, oh, you're doing that thing. But when it's yourself, mm-hmm. well, that doesn't apply to me or it's not, you know, like I'll try to function like a robot and just do thing, 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 thing. Mm-hmm. When like biologically we can't do that. We're humans, okay? We're we're, we're human beings. We're not perfect. That's why you go through the the motions. You have to enjoy your journey. You know, Mm -hmm. you have to face these challenges. To me, there's always this saying, what doesn't kill you will make you stronger. Mm -hmm. I like that because I hadn't heard someone say will. Mm -hmm. I've always heard it makes you stronger. It will make you stronger. The will, I think the aspect there, I think is really powerful and I like that. It is because, like I said, my whole goal is to inspire somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to make a mistake. Oh, well, dust yourself off and keep it pushing. Yeah. So looking ahead for you, taking a break after graduating, which is really smart. Mm-hmm. And then you're saying, thinking masters. What's your focus for your masters? Counseling. Counseling. Because I would okay. love to work with children, like I told you infants to 18 years of age okay so like in a school or like what setting if you got to pick what Uh, would it be for you maybe you know i wouldn't mind working for the school system because to me i think that's when they really need the most work you know in my class we talk about trauma quite a bit sure and see those teachers are just as stressed out because see they're there to teach the kids not raise your children Mm. and trust to believe over half of them kids got something going on otherwise they wouldn't be acting out in class sure life so they so they they need counselors you know like i told you before children they just need someone to listen Mm -hmm. and i want to learn about kids i don't want to always say that a child has a anger issue Mm -hmm. that's not always the case you Mm want to 
look at the steps. You want to understand them, talk to them, and then you determine if it's an anger issue or a typical kid issue. Right. Being a kid, which Being is okay. A kid, yeah. Which is okay. Yeah. So inevitably challenges in life will happen, right? Right. And we can't predict that. No. We know what it will. Like it's going to rain one day, right? That's right. going to happen. So with these challenges that you've already faced mm -hmm. and what you've learned from them and knowing that challenges will occur in the future, mm -hmm. how are you going to take what you've learned during this time frame in this last like year or so since we've talked? Mm -hmm. How are you going to apply that to the future? So how I would do it, I will find the best tools that I've used and learned back then and I will put it towards my everyday life like when I go into my field of study mm -hmm. I can say okay this is what I learned from this class this is what I learned from that class and I'll put it to use when I'm working with children you know I, I can just say okay this tactic works so let me try this with this kid because different children mm -hmm. different personalities sure. different backgrounds mm -hmm. different religion mm -hmm. how do you think that navigating for personal stuff not just career how will you do that for yourself or what you've learned to navigate any personal things in the future at some point? What I've learned to, what I've learned when you deal with a career, I don't know if you heard this saying, leave work at work and home at home. Mm -hmm. So you have to balance out everything. It's kind of like having a checkbook. You want to have funds for this because if you don't have funds for that, what's going to happen? Your check and bounce. Yeah. It's the same with your career. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to because like I said, you you have your moments where you just be like, I can't wait for this day to be over. <laughs> but when it's something that you love or whatnot, I would say take time out for yourself. Mm -hmm. It's called self-care. Mm -hmm. You're only one person. You can't fix everybody. You can't be superwoman. If there's nothing but 20 minutes alone, mm -hmm. that 20 minutes will go a long ways. So when you go to your career, you can, you will have a clear mind mm -hmm. and a clear picture because when you're working with people, you can't let your feelings affect anything mm -hmm. because you're going to meet some kids, which you can't help it but to feel some type of way. Right. But however, you're there to help, not mm -hmm. be their friend, which, mm -hmm. you know, I don't, I don't want to say it like that, but facts sure. are facts. Yeah. Yeah. And I totally agree with you. Setting aside, I, I try to practice what I preach and mm -hmm. doing those things like that. Mm -hmm. Two different questions. One is like how you actually put that in practice because there'll always be, hey, do you have five minutes, right? And there's always going to be that. How do you protect that time without maybe feeling selfish about it? Because I feel like a lot of people that work in a field like this or like I do where they'll want to give and give and give, and I've seen people where they burn themselves out. How, right. how would you go about protecting that time? I have my own methods and stuff where I try not to, like I'm not going to reply to emails after a certain time frame because it's an email and it, like if the school's closed, I can't fix those things, right? right? You know what, well, because I'm a student, and, and sometimes I probably do be plucking my instructor's nerves. So what I do, <laughs> business hours, Monday through Friday, typically 8 to 5. Mm -hmm. After 5 o'clock, I try to leave people alone. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, and some instructors do reply to emails on the weekends. Sure. But however, if they don't respond right away, mm -hmm. you have to realize that we're people too. We have our own lives too. So sometimes being selfish is okay. Mm -hmm. You know, granted, we're paid to do our jobs and mm -hmm. help others. Mm -hmm. However, we need mental breaks as well, too. Sure. I'm not the best at realizing that, like, I'm running out of my capacity mm -hmm. where I'm like, 
oh, I need to go on a walk, and I have to schedule it. That's just me and how I navigate. Yeah. Do you have like your own barometer okay. of when mm-hmm. you feel like it? Yeah. Because we have to adapt also. Because if you've had like a really rough week, you need to increase the amount that you're taking care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Do you just innately feel that, or do you plan and schedule it like me? You know, Dustin, I do like a little bit of both. Because if I don't have a planner, if my day is not organized, mm-hmm. my whole day messed up. Mm-hmm. If I'm late for something, my day is messed up. Mm-hmm. I get life happens. I'd rather for life to happen on its own versus you killing yourself trying to make it happen. Mm-hmm. So, you know, like my little routine, I mean, I watch a lot of sermons. Mm-hmm. When the weather's nice, I go for my early morning walks mm-hmm. and, and listen to my sermons that way. Now, oh, since nice. it's cold outside, I type in a YouTube video mm-hmm. and do like an indoor walk. Nice. And, you know, my daughter, she teased me. She said, with your two pound weights, I said, yes. And it works very well. I mean, so, if you do that for 30 minutes, two pounds can, can, be, yeah. can weigh a lot. Like, yeah. Yeah. I do like a 14 minute indoor walk and a six minute upper mm-hmm. body walk. You know, I try to find ways to be creative, taking the hot bath, you know, closing the door because, mm-hmm. you know, you, you get tired. It's like you don't want to be rude, but let me just have one hour to myself right. and you can have me. You know? Right. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> then I'm, I'm, I'm available. I'm yeah, able I'm available. To be. But I, I what I've learned to do. I try to put myself in other people's shoes, mm-hmm. you know, and if I feel like I'm annoying, I'll be the first to say, look, I am sorry. I don't mean to be a nuisance, you know, and even if they say you're not a nuisance, but I still try to put myself in everybody else's shoes because mm-hmm. we all work every day. Mm-hmm. We get tired every day. And sometimes saying the word no can be the best thing. It can be challenging, I think, because we want to help. And that's what we're paid to do. However, I mean, also that, you know. However, nice. you don't want to get burnt out none neither. Because mm-hmm. you don't want to go from loving your career mm-hmm. to hating it down the line neither. Yeah. I agree with you 100%. Mm-hmm. The, like you were talking earlier, especially going into counseling, in my previous positions that I would work in, um, sometimes I would have, you know, back-to-back meetings, which whatever, right? And one would be student is like really struggling with some mental health stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, thoughts self-harm other things and i work with mental health professionals i'm not one of those not licensed you know right but like i'd be working with that student because i'd be the first like interaction they have and then i connect them to those services right and then i'll work with someone afterwards again in my previous role where like they're really mad at their roommates that their roommates aren't cleaning their dishes and there's the same intensity between these two meetings they'll have <laughs> right 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 and, and and when you say that it's laughs but right my biggest challenge is showing up with the same emotional caring and listening and all those things between those two meetings because mm-hmm. for that individual that's reality and that's what's happening right now right do you think that you in your future role being a counselor at some point and working with students and having to be able to show up with the same emotional intensity you know it might not be even that they don't keep the dishes clean maybe it's just little things that lead up into sure. it sure yeah. you know because you figure you guys are personalities are different backgrounds are different like we talked about you may have good home training this person probably used to having their parents wash their dishes for them and so you got to realize that when you come from home to a dorm Mm -hmm. your college professors expect for you all to act like adults and be able to come to some sort of mutual agreement Mm -hmm. that's ideal Mm -hmm. but however it doesn't always work that way right and sometimes Maybe y'all just need to take a break from one another, you know, mm-hmm. take a break from doing whatever. Because right. washing dishes, to me, that's not that big of a deal, but I get it. You don't want to laugh in their face because 
you just never know what their mental state is upstairs. Maybe yes. they had words with their professor mm -hmm. and they got to come home because so-and-so so forgot to take the dishes and take out the trash, mm -hmm. little bitty things and whatnot. Right. Yeah. So you try to show compassion with both situations because what's not a big deal to you may mm -hmm. be a bigger deal to this individual. Yeah. So you want to you stay neutral with every situation of every aspect, even if it is something so small as put your shoes up against the wall because I don't want my carpet dirty. Right. Sure. I mean, these are situations you're probably going to come across being a counselor. And you know what, Dustin, <laughs> to be honest with you, I, I've did a couple of internships. I learned a lot. Yeah. Saw a lot. Mm -hmm. And it takes a special person to deal with a lot. Yeah. So looking back at everything, and I mean everything, despite mm -hmm. the challenges, mm -hmm. I found peace, family, healing, peace. Mm -hmm. And it's also a very humbling experience. Mm -hmm. You got to be humble through it all. Yeah. So... What would be the biggest takeaway you think from this last year? Because we talked about a lot of different things for you mm -hmm. overall. What do you think, like you said, prayer and patience and family and stuff, would you have told you last year when we talked that? Or like, hey, like some stuff's going to happen. I want you to make sure that you are grounded in these things. Like what would those things be for? First of all, be empowered. Okay. Be empowered. Mm -hmm. Be humble. Mm -hmm. And be happy. And don't stress. Mm -hmm. Do you think you from a year ago would have been like, oh, okay, or had been like, I'll admit, what? Some, sometime, you know, Dustin, <laughs> you know what? I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not where I want to be, but sure. I'm a long ways away from where I've used to be. I feel like I've come so far, mm -hmm. so far, you know, single mother, mm -hmm. facing challenges, yeah. going to school, yeah, yeah, working, mm -hmm. and I'm learning how to give myself a little bit more credit because I'll admit sometimes I can be hard on myself. Mm -hmm. I've learned you can be your own worst credit mm -hmm. and it don't need to be that way. I just keep telling myself it's okay. Cause you went to school at some point and then this was you coming back, right? Mm -hmm. You already yeah. beat the odds with that, excluding yeah. you being a single mom and then working towards your master's. Like mm -hmm. I haven't looked for the last statistic, but just in the United States, having a master's is only about 30% of the population of mm -hmm. like, call it, it like whatever people that would be able to even earn one at, for whatever age. Mm -hmm. So you're already only in the 30%. Yeah. Then adding into you going back to school. Cause when people leave statistically, they don't come back. Right. And then also being a single mom. So like you're probably in like single digit percentage. Like mm -hmm. I, I don't have the math or the statistics in front of me, but like I would definitely for sure give yourself some credit. Cause you're like single digit person. Right. And to be honest with you, I'm happier. You know, I, I feel like I'm mm. at peace for the most part. Mm -hmm. And I'm learning how not to compare myself to the younger generation who are very technology savvy. Mm -hmm. I'm gonna tell you, that's my biggest thing because like with me, all, all this technology, I have to get on YouTube on how to do a certain thing. Sure. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. that's like, oh my goodness. So the fact that I have to work harder in certain areas, mm -hmm. that's where I kind of be a little bit critical of myself. Cause it's mm -hmm. like, I be wanting to just know and get yeah, it. Just know yeah. get it, but it doesn't work like that. Mm -hmm. I, I've improved, but I can work on certain things in my life, just yeah. like everybody else. Yeah. If you just got it, you wouldn't be learning then. Yeah. So that's so, huge. Yeah, that, that's a big deal for me. Yeah. Any final thoughts then? Be happy. Life is filled with possibilities. Mm -hmm. Nothing is impossible. Mm -hmm. Anything is possible and feel empowered because you're worth it. 
Thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to the success scenario. You can listen to this episode and past episodes anytime online at lccconnect.org. The success scenario is a program dedicated to inspiring students towards a path of success. I'm Dustin Abrego, and if you're a current LCC student with a great story to share or know someone with a story to share, connect with me on Twitter or at LinkedIn at Dustin Abrego, A-B-R-E-G-O. Until next time, success starts with you. with LCC Connect at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. K-12 Operations at Lansing Community College has been a proud collaborator of the Mason Promise Scholarship since 2016. The Mason Promise Scholarship is a community organization of volunteers that guarantees funding for two years of Lansing Community College education to selected Mason public school students. These selected students are chosen by the Mason Public Schools at the end of the fifth grade and then become a Mason Promise Scholarship through an induction ceremony. Over the course of the next six years, these students receive mentoring and support as well as introduction to career possibilities through the Pathway Program. For more information on the Mason Promise Scholarship at LCC, please visit lcc.edu slash hope. Vehicle accidents are stressful enough. You don't need someone showing up at the scene trying to pressure you into letting them tow away your vehicle, often falsely claiming they were dispatched by the police or an insurance company. Be wary of any unsolicited tow truck that arrives on the scene of an accident. In fact, in some places, it's illegal. Motorists should not feel pressured to agree to a tow. Call your roadside assistance provider or insurance company for towing company suggestions or consult with police on the scene. Always get the price and terms in writing along with the location of the tow yard before letting a tow truck driver hook up your vehicle and take it away. If you suspect fraud, call us at 1-800-TELL-NICB. That's 1-800-TEL-NICB. Or visit our website, www.nicb.org. A public service message from the National Insurance Crime Bureau. Hey there, this is Dedalian, and I want to invite you to join me for a show called Behind the Connection. It dives into what's happening behind the scenes here at LCC Connect. It also provides you early introductions to new podcasts, some of the Connect initiatives that we are putting forth, and of course, insights into the concept of building the voices, vibes, and vision of LCC Connect. Find out more about it at our website. It's lccconnect.org. Michigan residents age 25 or older may qualify for Michigan ReConnect, a program providing free or reduced tuition to students who have not earned a prior college degree. ReConnect students are responsible for books and fees. Visit lcc.edu reconnect for more information. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision. Hello friends and welcome to Coach Cuts Corner. Streaming bright from Michigan's capital city, this podcast is dedicated to helping you better understand the who, the what, and the why of mental performance, personal growth, and Lansing Stars baseball. 
Coach Cuts Corner, brought to you by iWash. In collaboration with Lansing Community College. And now here's your host, Stephen Cutter. Welcome back to Coach Cuts Corner. Today I'm joined in studio with Coach Boyer, and we have sophomore right-handed pitcher Blake Gedrich in the house. Thanks for joining me today, fellas. Of course. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on the podcast. I felt it was about time I get invited on here. Yeah, first, I believe you're the first pitcher to be on uh, Coach Cuts Corner, so congratulations on breaking the seal on that. Thank um, you much. You were uh, quite the high school uh, phenom, huh? Do you want to talk about a little bit of where you went and some of your experiences? Yeah, for sure. So initially from Southfield, Michigan, moved to Farmington Hills when I was five years old. So I've been yeah. raised in Farmington my whole life. Graduated in 2022 from North Farmington High. Played baseball all four years, football my freshman year. And then I realized maybe that wasn't for me. But yeah, so that's where I stand on that. So 2022, how much did uh, COVID affect you in sports? Pretty significantly, I'd say. So my sophomore year was COVID. So that would have been my first year on varsity. I made the varsity team and the, I remember vividly, tryouts happen, we're walking through the hallways, we see the sheet of who made varsity, who mm -hmm. made JV, I was ecstatic to see I made varsity, and two days later, we're in a lockdown, and what, we thought it was going to be three weeks, right? Two yeah, weeks? A couple two weeks. Two weeks change, and yeah. then turned into yeah. months on months, so. I think the COVID affected everybody you know, not only individuals, but businesses and everything else. And everybody seems to have some kind of story and some kind of memory. And I think in a lot of ways, it's, you know, it's the same thing we talk about in our program. It's not so much what happens to you, but how you respond to it. And in a lot of ways, I think um, our world's gotten better because of it. And we've become more aware of things. And we also found that we can do things in different ways than what was conceived possible before, you right. know, and so... I think, um, you know, you, you learned how to go to class online and, mm -hmm. you know, how many, how many classes do you have online right now? Uh, three classes online right now. So do you have any in person? No. Yeah. Well, one's a hybrid. So, so I go one. partial. Yeah. Partial. Mm -hmm. So what point did you know that you wanted to play baseball beyond high school? I would say I knew that I wanted to play baseball beyond high school. Honestly, it was within the realm of COVID becoming super relevant. I would say okay. after my season was shut down, I figured it out and I knew I was locked in. And that's when I kind of understood not what it took, but I understood that I had to put in a significant more amount of effort and time and just overall intentionality mm -hmm. towards my goals. And yeah. if that were to be playing college baseball, then I needed to make a change. And I think that's where it started, and I think it paid off to a pretty solid extent so far. It's still working. Yeah, and, and you know, trying to understand what that takes, I'm, I'm not sure many kids do know at those ages what it takes to play at the college level. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't matter what sport it is. It's, it's so significantly different than most of them assume. You know, and I regularly meet with our players. You know, if I met with you today, Blake, it's going to take me a couple of weeks, but I'll get back with you. And, right. you know, two weeks later, we're meeting again. And I think one of the things that I continue to ask is like our freshmen is, 
you know, have you ever been played this much baseball in your life before, you know, and, and it's always no, I mean, never have had this. So mm-hmm. the preparation, it's not just baseball, it's the classes, it's the community stuff, it's the expectations and scheduling. And I'm sure, you know, even coach Boyer, you know, you coming from the facility world, it's, it's been a pretty significant change. And I know I hear you occasionally talking about, um, I'm overwhelmed or not so much overwhelmed, but like I, I trying to get this caught up. I can't quite get it done. I don't necessarily have enough time. And, you know, I tell you the same thing I tell everybody else. Everybody's got 24 hours in a day. It's, you know, what, what are you going to do with it? Um, but it's probably been significantly different time for you too, right? Yeah, it's definitely different when you're when you're managing just a team. Mm-hmm. You know, it's different than going from individual to individual and just practice plans every day, weight room every day, and the other the other mm-hmm. side of it is like the like each guy personality wise, human you know? connection. Yeah, yeah. The, yeah, it's a the team atmosphere very different. And then trying to put together all that data when you don't have systems in place, that's a lot of, that's a lot of work. So I, uh, I undervalued how important it was to have just a system that punches everything out for you. And then you just get to read it and make the player better as opposed to somebody doing all of it Mm -hmm. themselves. That's, that's the beauty of junior college baseball. Yeah. What about when you were younger? Were you, um, were you quite the phenom for baseball? I would say I would. I've always been an above-average player. Were you a doubt. pitcher? I was two-way. Okay. I mean, well, I guess you didn't even call it two-way back in the younger uh-uh. days. But I mean, utility. I was all over the place. I used to be an infielder. Played a little outfield. Dabbled there. But I always knew pitching was my passion. Uh, I love to throw things a little bit more than I love to swing the bat. But yeah, I definitely used to play infield third, short a little bit when I was a lot younger, but up and throughout my whole high school career, I played third base every day. So, What was your baseball recruiting like coming you know, through high school and out of high school? So my recruitment wasn't crazy by any means, but it started picking up throughout the end of my junior year to senior year. I had various assortment of offers from junior colleges in Michigan. Most of my looks were in state. So junior colleges in Michigan. And then I had some looks from some D2 and D3 Mm -hmm. schools in Michigan. So that's when it picked up. And then I believe I made my decision to come to Lansing November 1st or November 2nd of my senior year. So I was committed pretty early into my senior year. And I was super happy with the fact that I was going to be a star. And how did you find Lansing? Well, how I found Lansing is different than how I found you. I obviously followed Lansing. I had known what they had been doing the prior year, two years before you being hired. Mm-hmm. And then I remember actually I was sitting on my buddy's couch and I saw, I think it was a Twitter post of you announcing your hiring to be the next coach at Lansing. Okay. And I think Coach Mo was mentioned in that I don't, as well. Maybe, I don't think I know the story. Not. So. Well, I'm a little uncomfortable right now. So, so I remember seeing your post and maybe Mo's post or at least his inclusion okay. in the post. Right. I remember I followed both of you, got follows back, and I sent a very similar DM to the both of you. Okay. With just so copy and paste. Pretty that, much that's, copy and paste. That's what kids do, copy and paste. Yep. Right, but I figured it was okay because I was reaching out to the same school. So <laughs> yep. I let you and Mo know why I was interested in Lansing my metrics, yeah. sent video, 
and that was all over Twitter. And then I think I, I don't even know if you responded to me or not. You may have. Probably not. But Mo definitely hit me back. Uh, I talked to Mo. We talked on the phone a couple of times. Mo had me come to the camp, which is where I picked up my initial offer with uh, one of my friends, Bob Butler, mm-hmm. who also happens to be on the stars. So Bobby. Bobby Butler, baby. But yeah, so picked up my offer at the camp. And then after that, I came on another visit when I was still hitting. I know you remember that because you offered me to continue to hit here. But then I didn't hit my whole. I think I was being nice. Oh, I hit good. That, <laughs> I hit good that day. I okay. remember I was with Bobby. I'm gonna have to see this. Mm-hmm. Lefty, you swing lefty. Oh. So you're a sophomore here now. What was your freshman year like coming in to a team that was obviously really good mm-hmm. and a huge time commitment difference? Right. You know, and first time away from home. What was your whole experience like your freshman year? So I'd say my freshman year was legitimately a roller coaster. Okay. And this is something I've shied away from now, and I've been a lot better at controlling it. But my highs were really high, and my lows, they were pretty low. So I've gotten a lot better at why staying do you, Why do you keeled. think they were, why were you on a roller coaster? Just new environment, being an 18-year-old kid coming into a highly touted college baseball team is... I mean, it's oftentimes a roller coaster for most freshmen. Did well in the fall, threw, threw pretty well. And, and then we had a pretty extreme fall. We too, did, right? We, we were on the road fall. a lot, a lot of games. 28, you know. right? Yeah. 28. So 28 fall games. I think I, I pitched pretty well, especially against the best teams we played. So I was pretty happy with how my fall went, especially being super new and fresh to the scene of college baseball and especially us playing all those four-year schools last year mm-hmm. I mean it was a it was a welcome to college moment and um, there's nothing else I can say about that but so I thought that was pretty special to be able to experience that and then later in the year I had a solid winter I felt I was progressing accordingly okay. but things once they got to the spring I kind of I had a couple rough outings and kind of just fell into a rut almost mentally where I was just struggling with myself, with my mental state, confidence, all the above. And I Belief just, system, basically. Belief system, mm-hmm. 100%. Right. So my belief system was just skewed in every direction, mostly negative ones. So I struggled there for sure, and we had our conversations last year, and that led me into summer ball where I had a pretty good summer and then came back here and yeah, had a played, pretty good fall too. Played for the Clippers. Yeah, Muskegon Clippers. Yeah. Shout out to the Clips. Mm-hmm. And then um, you did end up getting hurt there. Yep. Hurt your knee, yep. which then you came into fall ball where you had to kind of wait a little bit, you know. But outside of the physical piece, what's been the biggest changes for you now in year two? So the biggest changes... Now me being a sophomore, I would say, honestly, the strength and consistency of my belief system. Last year, it wavered. Like I said, my highs were high, my lows were low. So I wasn't consistent with my thought processes. I wasn't consistent with my physical processes, what I was doing when I was actually out there throwing. And I most definitely wasn't consistent with my belief system itself. So I believe I was all over the place. I definitely believe I have that intact now. 
and I'm working to strengthen it and keep it consistent each and every day. So me being consistent with my processes, whether that be when I'm going to bed, if it's me in game, when I'm taking a deep breath, when I'm breathing, when I'm saying my final TIF thought image feeling, um, regardless, I've been consistent and that's yielded me consistent results. So I'd say that's the biggest separator between me this year and last year. And it's working. So I'm going to keep doing it. Yeah. It's really good. Just hearing you talk about some of that stuff, you've grown so much and in a lot of ways, that's what we expect here. We expect you to get better and give all of our players a lot of tools. And in a lot of ways, it's not so much how much they're given, but how they respond to it. And and you've done a really good job, but you've had your fair share of challenges. You talked about low points and, and you didn't, play or pitch at certain times and you struggled to you know whether you were good enough and all that stuff and then you know things start to change as you start stacking bricks in a in a good way and you had a really really good fall for us and I think some really big things are on the horizon for you and we don't say that because you're a sophomore we say that because you've done a lot of the right things challenges um high school you probably didn't get a whole lot of because most kids don't a whole lot of mental performance stuff right yeah next to none Mm -hmm. and that and that's fairly normal and then you know you you start hearing things like you got to be mentally tough you got to be mentally tougher you know figure it out you got to be tougher and and in a lot of ways kids typically aren't given the tools on how to do that. They might be told they need to get mentally stronger or mentally tougher or, you know, figure things out, but they don't necessarily know how to do that. And I see that, you know, not just baseball, but a lot of levels. So those processes, how have you used some of those that we've taught and, and how do you think that helps you be different? Okay. So, Something that's been super big and something that I know you've touched on almost daily recently is your response. How are you mm-hmm. going to respond? Outcome plus response equals, no, I've got it wrong. Event. That's hard. Event. Event. E plus R equals O. Response equals outcome. Yep. Excuse me. But yes. So I found it super beneficial to at least work on how I'm responding, thinking before doing. And that's something I've struggled with for a long time. I mean, I've heard it from my dad for years. I'm I'm an emotional person for as long as I've known. I've reacted on feelings and lately I've been able to think, at least process what I'm doing or what I'm thinking to do and kind of evaluate that and then respond accordingly. And I think that's been in a positive manner. So responding is is huge and we talk about it in our program but this applies to everybody it can be that car that cuts you off in traffic you know and it's it's not responding to that we're not necessarily saying like you know throwing your hands up at them or yelling at them through your car so that's a response but literally internally not letting that bother you mm-hmm. not responding to that much like if the wind blows and it's a gust of wind you don't say whoa it's really windy it's just a gust of wind and it only lasts you know maybe three or four seconds and it's done you don't respond to the gust of wind right. you, you, know, you know what i'm yeah. saying 
So when we talk about responses, sometimes people get those mixed up and they think, well, it's, it's what I'm verbally saying or what my body language is, but responding is, you know, you get, you get a choice if you want to respond to something or if you don't want to respond to something, you know, we talk about, um, you know, when you're cold, it's, you're just cold. It's nothing more. You're just uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. you know? And, um, it, it, this, this response thing applies to so many things in your, in your life. And, you know, you can have somebody really complaining about something and you can, it's pretty hard to tell them, you you know, you got to respond better just because naturally we're not really receptive to that as much sports. It's easier. I think people are more receptive to coaching than in the real world. Because at first you get that feeling, right? You can't really control the feeling at first. Like umpire gives you a bad call, you know, you're going to be upset and like you can't just control to never be upset, Mm -hmm. but you can always control how you react. And that's, that's the part that I think people like, well, how am I supposed to control what I'm mm-hmm. thinking all the time? It's like, well, you can't control that initial thought, yeah. but you can always control how you react. And then I found the more you do that, the more your mind starts to turn into just not being a reactionary person. It's a muscle. Yeah. Like the, the other you stuff, you know, even in, when I was coaching high school baseball, I, I remember, um, you know, pretty vividly being at an event and having, a parent that was not super connected into the program that I was in, but was um, maybe had a child at a a younger level and had watched our teams and said that I coached like I didn't care Mm -hmm. uh, because I wasn't yelling and screaming at kids and doing things. And I think at first it bothered me a little bit. Then I realized that's, that's a good, that's a good thing. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if, if you screw up, or if somebody messes up, it's um, feel like you know it, right? If you have a bad outing on the mound, do you know it? Yeah. Right? So does it help <clears throat> if I'm getting on you for having a bad outing and giving up, you know, grand slam after grand slam? No, I'm already pissed. So. Mm-hmm. Right. And and so that's, that's that kind of thing where the more even you can stay, mm-hmm. the better off you're going to be as a player, right. as a coach. You know, it's it's super important. So then you don't end up riding those roller coasters of what, what you talked about, where the highs are really high and the lows. I mean, they're they're super low. And I experienced a lot of those in coaching, too, because I at first was really coaching for a lot of the uh, different reasons, you know, and and it takes a little while to kind of figure out what's most important. So we talked about mental performance. Is that the biggest difference for you this year? Yeah, so I would say mental performance definitely is the biggest difference for me this year, but I think within mental performance, it's just process. Me sticking to my process, what works for me. And I said this to you. It was during an inner squad. We were having a one-on-one. I don't know if you remember or not, but I remember. You were asking me, how are things going for you? How do you feel on the mound? How do you feel like you're performing? And how do you feel like you're in control of yourself. And I told you, I haven't felt better. I haven't felt better. Um, this whole fall, I've never felt so in control of myself. And obviously, as we know, you can't be in control of your performance. You can't be in control of what the hitter does. You can't be in control of if you win, but if you're in control of yourself and Mm -hmm. if you're in control of your process and you're sticking to that process, you're going to make it a whole lot easier. So at least being consistent with that has been major for me. And I'd say that's definitely the most significant separator between me of this fall and me of even the summer or 
definitely me of last spring and just my whole freshman year. How does so. it feel trying to go into the leadership role a little more on your sophomore year? It's a little different, right? Yeah. So I had this conversation last year a little bit with Cut and Mo about trying to work on my leadership qualities. And as a freshman, it's an interesting kind of thing to go about Very. because even at a JUCO, it's still interesting because you're you're not sure exactly where you stand because you haven't played any real games yet. What, you've played fall games, you've practiced, you've worked hard, and people see that. And that's important because you're not going to listen to someone who's going to tell you to do something if they're not doing what they're telling you to do. So that's something that I found effective because, I mean, you wouldn't tell me to do something that you wouldn't do, and I yeah. know that, and it's the same with you, Coach Cut. So I found that to be true, and now trying to continue and at least be able to be more prominent with my leadership qualities, I think it's definitely a journey, but I'm working on it, and I think I'm more in control of the way of which I'm acting and at least setting an example and holding people accountable is something I think I've always been pretty good at. So I'm working on that, trying to stay consistent with that and just overall set the tone by bringing intensity, bringing energy and bring accountability every day. And if I know I can do that, I can at least help one person do that each and every day. So yeah. if I'm doing my part, I think it makes it easier for others to see that and do theirs. So it's definitely been on the upside of things, but it's definitely still a work in progress. And I think that that goes for a majority of people on the team and majority of people in general. So yeah, yeah well-spoken and your leadership has been really good and certainly love having you be a part of our team last couple of years, even through the ups and downs, you, you ask a lot of questions and, and I say, I believe that the people that ask a lot of questions are the people that remain curious and remain in that growth mindset, trying to learn about, you know, whatever it might be. What's after this for you? So without a doubt, I plan to continue. So you're going to continue playing? Yeah, hundred percent. My athletic and academic careers at a four-year school. I thought you might announce a commitment right now. <laughs> Bring out the hats. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. If they were on the table, maybe you would see okay. one. But, um, yeah, so I'm open to a lot of things, but I know I want to continue playing baseball. It's There's not a doubt in my mind. That okay, that's cool. You're going to come back and say hi to us when you leave? Of course. I mean, one of my goals is to be influential enough here to – appear at a leadership next year or okay. the year after so i like that i know i want that that's, to happen, that's, so. that's called legacy yep and you're gonna leave one regardless and why not leave a really influential huge one versus right. the other side of it so mm -hmm. really good stuff i appreciate you coming on getting outside your comfort zone a little bit and coach boyer appreciate having you here until next time thank you to all of our listeners for joining me today in the WLNZ studios. Stay humble, stay hungry, go Stas. Coach Cuts Corner is recorded live in the WLNZ studios. Engineering and production assistance are provided by Dedalian Lowry. Thanks for listening. And if you enjoyed today's podcast, please share it and follow us on all the platforms of social media. 
You can find more about our program at lccstars.com, and donations to our baseball program can be made at the same site. See you next time. This is WLNZ Lansing. You're listening to LCC Connect, a weekly program that features the voices, vibes, and vision of Lansing Community College. To find out more about LCC Connect programs or to listen on demand, visit us at lccconnect.org. LCC Connect. Voices. Vibes. Vision.